Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you, the voice of Ryan Treasure, Bonnie D. in the house. Happy to be here. We've got a full house. No, this is not my annual prediction special yet, although I'm telling my panelists the invitations went out around 1 o'clock this morning, Eastern Time, so Mary's already responded, Tom's responded, Bob's responded. I want to hear from the rest of you. Oh, Bob, yes, absolutely. So you've got your places. So I packed the house today because we're going to talk about a topic that is top of mind, and I'm going to read my opening monologue, which is a poem again, as you know, but I collaborate. Yes, I collaborate, which is a word that implies two people doing something together or two companies, two entities. I collaborate with ChatGPT every week to write my opening monologues in the form of verse. So the topic today is the future of ChatGPT, and you can substitute any LLL LLM, large language model. It could be BART. It could be Gauss, I understand, is a new one that Samsung just released. Bob told me anything that you want. The future of a text generating AI chatbot, fill in the blank. And where is it going? What are we going to do with it? And we're going to have some fun. This isn't going to be a scholarly 101 course in college level, although half of my panelists could probably teach it right now. I'm looking at him right in the middle section there. Uh, but we're just going to have some fun with it. So let me read my opening. And panelists, I want you to just wiggle your finger or wave or something at the camera when I call your name. So in the realm where code and creativity collide, a tale of chat GPT and AI far and wide, on air today with sunshine bright, yes, Bonnie D, our host, is our guiding light. I am very honored to be that. In the future's embrace where text tendrils creep, ChatGPT weaves words, some whimsical and some deep. For businesses, it scripts a saga wise for today's strategic enterprise. Creative musings, it effortly weaves a symphony of words where imagination believes. In the poet's quill and the novelist's pen, ChatGPT crafts tales, telling who, what, why, where, and when. I added that. Wave when I call your name, Mary, and Mary's and Josh's insights, Alexandra's and Dan's as well, Tom's and Bob's, add their voices true, we'll cover it all quite well. So listeners and viewers in this digital sea, ChatGPT beckons, please enter and see a world of words, both bright and deep in Body D's domain, where human dreams take a leap. So what'd you think? We're going to give it a good grade today? You like it? Yeah, Tom, yeah, what'd you think? Cool? Yeah, cool, cool, very cool. <laughs> cool. Dan, you on board with that? Yeah, I want to I get some rhyming lessons later on from you. There you go. I have something else to tell you later. Alex, how was that? You like it? Very creative. Very creative. Good, good, good. So let's go around the table. Since Mary and uh, Dan and Tom and Bob are almost regulars on this show, Josh is new to me and to the show, and Alex hasn't been on in a couple of years. And thank you to our mutual colleague friend, Frank Diana, for suggesting you to me, Alex, and I'm so glad to see you again. Let's go around the table, and the speaker order today is Mary, Josh, Alex, Dan, Tom, and Bob, you don't have to worry. I will remind you. Who am I? Who am I? Which wasn't she say I'm number four? I'm number, no, I'm number three. Oh my goodness. Okay, Mary, we're going to start with you. Mary, a two minute bio because everybody knows you're the, you're the lavender dragon by now. <laughs> That's but right. Mary, 
Bring us up to date. Go ahead. All right. Mary Nedley, co-founder of the Lavender Dragon Team. We're an e-learning uh, development agency. We have we spend a lot of time in the world of AI. And thanks to Josh, I'm getting much better with it. Um, so we are really delving into now a lot of image creation using AI to uh, enhance our courses rather than looking at some of the same old, same old stock images that are everywhere. And then collaborating with Claude and ChatGPT to help with writing things like scenarios and, and practice problems. So that's us in a nutshell. Are you having fun doing it, Mary? Am I allowed to ask that? Oh no. my gosh, I am having way too much fun. So if I could find someone to just pay me to do this instead of paying me to do my regular job, that would be amazing. Well, the world just heard you, Mary Nunley. So let's see what happens. <laughs> call Mary. I don't know where. Just call her. There you go. Just raise your hand on some digital screen somewhere. Let's go around the table. Josh Cavalier, you are new. You come to us through the gracious kindness referral recommendation of Mary Nunley, who always introduces me to such interesting people. And I met Mary through Rebecca Cuevas. So it's a chain of introductions. Josh, you get the full three minutes for the bio. We all want to know, who is this man who has an interesting last name? Is he? Cavalier. Josh, go ahead. I'm hey, Bonnie. So good to be here. Uh, so I got my start in the mid-90s as an art director for an e-learning firm based here in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's really where I cut my teeth. Uh, once I completed that, I started my own training business. So I had a training business for 22 years. It was one of the top Adobe authorized training partners in the United States. Ran that for quite some time and then decided to jump back into corporate. So I was part of a $5 billion supply chain company. And as part of that effort, I was on the advisory board for AI uh, for that company. And then ChatGPT happened and I decided to go solo again. So in March of this year, I started joshcavalier.ai. And in that capacity, I go and I help L&D teams from major corporations implement AI. I do a workshop and online courses and do wonderful shows like yours, Bonnie. Thank you. You're very kind. Mary, I have no idea why you recommended Josh Cavalier to me. What in the world does he have to do with this topic? Josh, very, very, very I, I, Josh, I used to do stand-up. Now I just try to be a little funny sitting down, just so you know. I Josh is clearly a Neil Young fan, so I like him. <laughs> Josh, we all want to know, Bob. forgive me, is Cavalier a stage name or is that the real name? That's the real name. And if you want to go deep on it, there used to be an I at the end of it, but they dropped Cavalier. that eye about two generations <gasps> ago. Felix Cavalieri, remember? Okay, <laughs> I do. I'm singing songs in my head and I can't even remember them. Okay, here we go. Thank you very much. You know, those earworms. Alex Whittington, so happy to have you back since we haven't spoken to you in a couple of years. You have your three minutes. Tell us who you are, what are you doing? Why are you here? Hi, Bonnie. Thanks. Uh, I'm Alex Whittington. I'm a TCS futurist. I work for our mutual friend, Frank Diana, uh, who, who is our principal futurist on the future of business team. Um, and so we are all about, you know, helping clients navigate this kind of complexity and uncertainty that everyone's kind of dealing with today. Um, before I joined TCS, I was a consulting futurist and a lecturer at the University of Houston, where I taught foresight courses. And I'm also a graduate of the University of Houston, where some people uh, may be aware we have a one of I think one of a kind master's degree program in foresight. So I'm a graduate. I used to teach there. Now I'm working at TCS. I'm an author, a speaker, um, and I you know love doing podcasts and different. Uh, media appearances like this to talk about, you know, our emerging future. Thank you. 
If I were to sign up for a course, not even a master's, but a course in foresight, just give me a quick two or three sentence overview. What would that course entail? What would you teach me? Ah, well, you know, foresight is a lot of research, actually. So we teach you how to research, how to scan, how to look for indicators and signals of what's changing. So I would say, Bonnie, what are you interested in? And you would say, oh, I'm interested in the future of fashion or whatever you might be into, music, right? Uh, comedy, something like that. And then I would say, okay, well, let's you know set you up on a, on a foresight project where you get to explore the future of this topic, understand the latest trends, know what the issues and controversies are, and then spin out a couple of stories or scenarios about what the future of this topic may hold. Thank you. Very well put. So I could call this show uh, Technology Revolution, the Future of Foresight, which would be a little bit of redundancy. But if I ever got tired of the word now, I could probably go there. Thank you, Alex. Pleasure to have you back. And what does TC, TCI stand for? TCS is yes, TCS. Consultancy Services. Thank you very much. And just everybody to know, Frank Diana, and he has an interesting last name, doesn't he, Josh? Um, he and I met when I was at SAP years ago, and he did several webinars with me, and he's been on several radio shows over the years. And we lost touch until recently. I found him. We reconnected on LinkedIn, and I said, hey, I've got this topic. Do you use ChatGPT? And he said, I'm busy that day, but how about Alex? And here she is. So that's how the world works. Thank you so much, Dan Geller. You've been on just a couple weeks ago. You're coming on again, I think, next week, too. So, Dan, <laughs> one of those rugalocks. I won't comment on that. Dan, give us an update. What have you been up to? Um, thanks, Bonnie. Great to be back. Uh, so, basically, I'm a creative director. Similar to Josh's experience, I started in agencies back years ago. Uh, so, the, the, the types of work that I've been doing for, for over 20 years is create direction on films and commercials and building out websites, doing a lot of positioning and content. Um, but a lot of strategy work goes into all those things. And so back about a year ago when ChatGPT came on the scene, I really wanted to jump more into this technology. I've always been involved in a lot of technology clients, um, supporting them, helping build out platforms. So I really got deep into this stuff. And now, basically, I'm using all the knowledge that I that I've gained, and it's it it just grows every single day to help teach clients, but also work with them to help build out their platform, their strategy on how they can kind of bring this stuff into their environment, so they can have better operations, they can be more creative. So some of that's writing, and some of that's design work. Um, it's about just making them be more, have more leverage, have a better life with the work that they have to do, and it's it's been really fun. Thank you very much. I like the word fun and having a better life. Jo uh, Dan, I want you to check the connection on your mic. You're a little bit tinny and I, I have a feeling your mic is not connected. So do, do something with that while we move on to okay. the man with the hat. Tom, I think I requested that one because you wore it a week or two ago and I like it. <laughs> the holidays are coming, you know, it's well, I always wear black. So, and uh, Alex, if, if I took a course on foresight for fashion, it would just be black with a red flower and gold. Jewelry, so. <laughs> <laughs> really, not too much. It would just be, does anybody want to look like me? Tom, it's been about two weeks or less. Talk to us. What, what have you been up to other than picking your favorite hat? Welcome back. Thank you, Bonnie. Thanks for inviting me. So, yeah, I'm similar to 
most people who've been on so far. I've, I've been in technology and this industry since the kind of mid 90s. Uh, I, I'm i a bit ADD, so I like to be kind of at the forefront of things. You know, I like to be at places where things are changing constantly. I don't like being where, where stuff is stayed. So as a result, I've been at kind of the bleeding edge in, in a lot of things in software companies for quite a long time. And I was an industry analyst as well for a while. Uh, and then I was recruited into SAP in 2016 as an uh, the, the title at the time was IoT was Global VP Futurist and Innovation Evangelist. That's what it was. So did that for uh, six years, right up until late last year, when unfortunately I was impacted by the tech layoffs. So currently I'm out my own, uh, doing a bit of consultancy work, doing a lot of uh, keynotes, doing a lot of uh, talking. I do as well a couple of podcasts. I run a podcast called the Digital Supply Chain Podcast, where I publish two episodes a week, every Monday and Friday. And I publish one called Climate Confident, which is about the climate, obviously, it's it's about highlighting successful emission reduction stories and strategies to kind of educate and inspire more people to act on climate, because there's a lot of bad news out there on climate, unfortunately, for very good reasons. But I like to kind of highlight the good news stories to show people that things are actually happening and being done. So Climate Confident goes out every Wednesday. So that's that's kind of where I am now. I'm doing consultancy, I'm doing podcasts, I'm doing speaking engagements, I'm doing shows like this. So thank you, Bonnie, for inviting me back on. You're very welcome. And we know that you have a lot of sunshine in your office, and that's why that hat is protecting your delicate skin. I appreciate <laughs> that. It's true. That's what he told me. He wears the hat for protection. Oh, Let's go. I, should, I should say as well, I also teach in a local business school, the Instituto Santelmo. I, I give, I guess, lecture there. In English or in Spanish? In both, but primarily in I, English. I never asked you if you spoke another language. I have never asked in all these years I've known you, and it had to be in Spanish. So thank you. Very, very multilingual, multi-hat. There you go. <laughs> Bob Ficken is back. Where? How can I do a show without Bob and without Mary? And without Ask me the basis, por favor, my There you go. Bob, update <laughs> us. What have you been up to for the past week and a half? Go ahead. Well, I'm co-founder of uh, Ask-HR Consultancy. I'm currently the COO, and I've recently took on the role of AI officer, which is kind of interesting. I've been teaching now at uh, several universities for about 25 years. It's my uh, I've opened and created four businesses. I've worked for two Fortune 100s. Uh, you name it, I've been there. <laughs> so... Uh, Currently working on several projects with clients involved in implementing AI. And I know we're not talking about AI today, so I won't go into a lot of detail, but certainly any uh, number of LLMs or whatever you call them, Bonnie, I don't even know what the name is, uh, but uh, between Musk releasing his and uh, Gauss being released yesterday by Samsung, there's no lack of them. And now there are all kinds of emails I'm getting about how you can create your own chat bot, you can mm -hmm. create your own version of ChatGPT, and Mary, it's images, not just text anymore. What intrigues me so much is that ChatGPT is locked at the data of November 2021. It debuted in 2022. It doesn't, right now, the normal free version doesn't access the internet, so you can't get anything really, really current. There are other models that do have updated information, but we all just somehow fell in love with ChatGPT. 
for what it is. It's fun. It's fast. I have uh, Andrew's my engineer today, but young man named Jordan at Voice America is my engineer on Monday nights and my Tuesday afternoon show. And he was intrigued talking about ChatGPT on one of my shows. And I said, have you ever tried it? And he said, no. So we scheduled a Zoom call, Jordan and I. And I said, give me an idea. What would you like to know? And he said, well, I'd like to design, let's see, I'd like to create a movie that's partly Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and um, another movie, a Toy Story or something like that. And I put that into ChatGPT, just a couple of lines. And within, we counted 1,000, 2,000, within three seconds, it gave us a five-part script for an entire movie with characters, <laughs> with a plot, with the secret recipe for the chocolate factory had been stolen by some woman named Eliza Beauregard and she was in a oh it was back to the future and Charlie in the chocolate factory <laughs> and she was in a time warp in order to release Charlie from the time warp she had to give up the recipe she had stolen for the chocolate bar and in three seconds it mashed up the two movies gave us a plot now come on seriously how many people in a room, in a movie writer's room, would it have taken how long to figure out how this would have done? And Jordan and I were, even I was saying, oh my God, it did that? <laughs> it, so that was his first entree into using ChatGPT. And I'm glad he had a good imagination and came up with two very, very different movies. And there we were. So there we go. Thank you all for the intros. Lovely to have you here. Let's go to our opening quotes. I've asked you each to send, as always, a fictional quote from a movie or a TV character or a song lyric, and you're going to spend about two minutes telling us what it has to do with the topic today. Mary, you're first, and Mary loves Doctor Who. That's the only place she ever gets her quotes. It's the 10th Doctor, it's the 12th Doctor, it's the 13th. Mary, I love you. Uh, this is the 10th Doctor, played by David Tennant. Season 3, Episode 10 in the New Who, BBC sci-fi TV series. The episode was Blink. It aired on June 9th, 2007, called The Doctor's Speech. It's regarded as the finest episode according to a BBC America poll. And here is the quote, Mary, you're going to unpack this for us. The angels are coming for you, but listen, your life could depend on this. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. They are fast, faster than you can believe. Oh, Mary, you're frightening me. I'm going to hold my eyes open now. Mary? <laughs> well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Mary. Tell us what is this. Okay, so given that this is the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, and I have been following Doctor Who since the early 70s, so that gives you an idea of how old I am, um, this episode <laughs> quite literally changed my life. Like, I cannot look at a statue anymore without freaking out. Um, I have little statues in my front yard, and they have to look at each other. But the way that this quote applies to what we're doing is that whole thing about don't blink because things are changing faster than we can imagine. And, you know, on Monday, it's like, oh, yeah, Chad GPT does this. And then on Tuesday, when you're at the dev, it's like, holy cow, everything just changed. So to me, it's that whole, if you slow down, if you if you want to ignore where the technology is going, it's going to come and bite you. It's going to get you. And in terms of Doctor Who, the timeline with the Weeping Angels is that they send you back to another time period to live out your life rather than the time period that you're in. So as soon as you take your eyes off of them, they move, and then they can send you back to live your life in an alternative timeline. And I think for many of us with the technology that's happening, we want to live in that alternative timeline, but we really have to stay on board, don't blink, and just move forward with the program. 
Thank you very much. You know, I have three cameras on the outside of my house, and they are the Blink variety of cameras. And they caught some workers who came to my house the other day and didn't tell me they solved the problem of the water leak that is making my water and sewer bill go through the roof. They found it. They're going to repair it, and they never bothered to ring the doorbell. I discovered when I woke up, Mary, at 3.30 in the morning yesterday and out of boredom said, let me see what was on my Blink from the day before. And I found them lurking in my yard, discovering a broken solenoid valve on part of the irrigation system they used. So blink, blink, and you shall see. There you That's go. Right. <laughs> don't blink. Right. Yeah, don't don't blink. Well, they did. They were sitting on the step and they were working in the bushes. It's like, well, guys, tell me you're here. Anyway, thank you, Mary. Always glad to know Doctor Who is around. Let's go to Josh Cavalier. Josh has sent us a quote from a song by the Irish rock band U2, third track, seventh album, Achtung Baby, 1991, and the re- record's third single in February 1992, recorded at Hansa Studios in Berlin. And there was a conflict between the band members over the direction of U2's sound and the quality, and there were tensions, and they almost broke up until they improvised the song One. And here's the line Josh has picked. I'm not going to sing, Josh. I would just ruin the show. <laughs> one love, one blood, one life. You got to do what you should. One life with each other, sisters and my brothers. One life. But we're not the same. We get to carry each other, carry each other. Oh, I hope I did that okay, Josh. It was great. Thank it's a deep dear. one. And yes. October for me is conference season. And so I find myself in Vegas multiple times in October. And I happen to have the opportunity to see you two at the Sphere, which I highly recommend. It is both the sight and sound extravaganza like I've never experienced before. And so they have been top of mind uh, for me. In regards to AI, I think one of the things about AI that's intriguing is the possibility of being a great equalizer for voices. And what I mean by that is we're going to see things like language translation. Like, you know, we've mentioned multiple languages here today, both French and Spanish. And uh, I believe that AI is going to allow us to share our ideas and be able to break down many walls that currently exist as far as the knowledge and skills and behaviors and the way that we just act. And so my hope is that as this technology progresses, is that it allows us to become tighter as a society. And so uh, with that quote, that was the intention. Thank you very much. I have to tell you, my children got tickets to see you two the second weekend that the sphere was open. And they took some some short videos and pictures for me. And they said it was beyond an amazing experience that Bono was at his forte of phenomenal performance. And it's like each person in the band had their own jumbotron floating around the top of what you think are bricks when you go in, I was told. Those are all screens, hundreds and hundreds of active digital screens. I would have gotten a stiff neck and probably conked out after a couple of seconds. Just (laughs) what am I seeing? What am I seeing? It was an experience, right, Josh? A total experience. It was absolutely mesmerizing. Almost at times, it felt like Uh, meditation to where you can have no thoughts enter your brain like you are totally in the moment so i highly recommend it it's worth the price of admission commandeers thank you very much very interesting okay your children have the right to remain silent (laughs) (laughs) one of them's an attorney he does let's leave that alone okay the other's a doctor she does let's go on alex i'm looking at your quote you picked a quote from ghostbusters 1984 a classic Winston Zeddemore, PhD, a very erudite gentleman, played by the one and only Ernie Hudson. I like him so much. Uh, Ghostbusters turned into a franchise of American supernatural comedies based on original concept created by 
Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis back in 1984. And so here is the quote, Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say, yes, Alex, help me out here. What is this? <laughs> well, it was recently Halloween, so, you know, I can't help but have the supernatural on my mind. And, of course, a childhood favorite, Ghostbusters. Um, it's just a funny line in the context of generative AI, referring to the creator that way. Are you a god? Say yes. I mean, I feel like that's, you know, one side of chat GPT, this ability to create people, places, uh, scenes that never existed anywhere else before, right? We get this kind of uh, creator vibe from it, not just the creator that, you know, get gets money for their content, but I'm talking about a higher uh, creative power, perhaps. And there are already rumblings out there of people who are interested in, like, kind of worshiping AI. I mean, there's this possible scenario, will AI become a god? Will there be religions built around it? So that's kind of where I was going with that. There's so much uh, we still don't know or can't really understand about where this might be headed. Absolutely. The important thing is that people created it back in the day. Somebody said this is a good idea and we're still the ones driving it forward, I think. We're still the humans who say we do it. We want to use it. We don't want to use it. We want to tweak it. We we want to change the algorithm. Somewhere there's a person in there somewhere. I always used to wonder if anybody's from New York why the Long Island Expressway was called the world's longest parking lot. And I always thought there was a couple at the front of the line on the LIE heading east on a Friday where he couldn't see so well and she was saying, Morty, get over. You're blocking lane three. And he would say, no, Sylvia, I'm driving the best I can. And there's 5,000 cars behind them. And hello to Morty and Sylvia. I'm sure I've met you somewhere in my lifetime of being in New York. But anyway, I was convinced. I have no idea what that had to do with the quote. There we go. So <laughs> let's go on. Dan Geller is back. Let's, Dan, you're, you quoted somebody named Syndrome. I've never heard of this character voiced by Jason Lee, the movie The Incredibles, 2004 American animated superhero film. I love when they mash the genres together. Set in a retro futuristic. I like retro. I thought future was up there, Alex Forsythe, but it's retro futuristic. So I'm not sure whether the retro is going forward or backward. Version of the 1960s, it, oh, now I get it. It follows superheroes, Helen and Bob Parr, aka Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl, who hide their powers in accordance with a government, government mandate and attempt to live a quiet suburban life with their three children. However, Bob's desire to help people draws the entire family into confrontation with a vengeful fan-turned-foe. Syndrome, real name, Buddy Pine, formerly was Incrediboy, is the main antagonist. I'm going to leave it there, and here's the quote Dana selected. And when I'm old and I've had my fun, I'll sell my inventions so that everyone can be superheroes. Everyone can be super. And with everyone super, no one will be. Dan, this is like a, a mathematical problem. <laughs> is zero a choice? Dan, talk to me about it. Unpack it. Talk about it. So this is a loaded quote, and I love it. And if you haven't seen the movie, I strongly recommend it. And I think it also fits because it is takes place in the future where regular people seem to gain super superpowers. Um, and so that's kind of what we're getting with things like ChatGPT. We are actually gaining superpowers, and I'm seeing it in my own everyday life and with the people that I work with is that they're able to gain qualities and, and tactics and strategies that they really, really were not able to do. They're able to write much better than they were able to. They're able to research. They are able to ideate. And I think a little bit of ego comes into play because when you get to learn these tools, you take on new skills. Um, I, and so I think there's a little bit of a cynical view perspective that's expressed in this quote because 
I encourage people to learn these things, but I think that we all need to recognize that we're not going to be good at everything and that the core of what we're going to need to do going forward is we're going to have to load up on these skills. That is the future trajectory, but we need to be empathetic about it is where we stop, where humans stop and what the AI can actually do. And the reality that these platforms are actually still owned by corporations. So the value that we can bring is actually comes from the empathy that we can show, the creativity that we can show, how we can work with others and how we can make the world a better place. And we're superheroes, but we, should, we, we need to learn how to work together on this stuff. Thank you very much. We're back to that word collaboration, right? Cooperation, community, co-creating, all kinds of great words. Thank you very much. Let's go to Tom. Tom has picked a quote from Professor Albus, Percival, Wolfric, Brian, Dumbledore. Played by Richard Harris, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, 2004 fantasy film. I'm just going to leave that there. I think everybody knows what that film is. And here's the quote Thomas selected. Happiness can be found even in the darkness of times, darkest of times, if one only remembers to turn on the light. Oh, Tom, that's so sweet. <laughs> Tell us. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very simple, really, just like myself. It's, uh, it's basically saying, you know, if you use the tool correctly, you can get it to do what you want. And so, you know, it, it's very much to, to Dan's point as well. Uh, these LLMs, these large language tools, these large language models, they can help us enormously uh, when, when used correctly to do things that we otherwise couldn't do. Um, I, I I use it, for example, on my podcast, and I managed to use the uh, the ChatGPT to help me increase the monthly downloads on my podcast over five months from eight thousand downloads per month to thirteen and a half thousand downloads per month. Uh, and you know, it's 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 just been phenomenal for that. I use it all the time in helping me write proposals, in helping me answer emails, in you know. Uh, I could answer emails myself very, very easily, but when I need to do it in a professional voice, I can do it myself. And then I can say to ChatGPT, make this sound professional. And then I can compare the two and go, yeah, the ChatGPT version is probably a bit better. Tweak it a little bit and then send, you know, and similarly with the likes of proposals, all these kind of things, you know, where you know, clients are asking for, you know, a quote for something and sure I could do it. I have templates for doing it. But if I do it myself in the template and then hand it to ChatGPT and say, okay, have a look over that. Give me some suggestions to improve it. Bang, out comes a, an improved version. So it, it's it's been spectacular for doing things like that as well. And there's so many use cases for using it. And yeah, it's, you know, you could do it yourself or, you know, you could turn on that light as, as, as Dumbledore said. I'm going to turn on that light. I can't tell you how many times a week in a month I get pitches from PR agencies who've got clients who probably pay them very well. I've got a person for your show, Bonnie, and they make a great interview. And here are the 12 topics they're going to talk about. And they have these lessons from your audience for your audience. And I take a deep breath and I say, okay, be nice, Bonnie, be nice. And I say to them, <laughs> it's clear to me you have never listened to my show. You have never watched it. You have no idea that I don't do interviews. I don't take 12 lessons for the audience. It's a round table where people speak in sound bites and share their ideas on the topic of the week. If you can pitch a topic to me, that guest might be one of the panel 
and then you bring me the panel, and we can talk. Thank you very much. Some of them take it well. Some of them say bad things to me back. Some of, <laughs> some of them say, but really, this person would be great at the panel. I said, well, then bring me the panel. They just simply don't get, but 99% of them have never listened, but they say, I know your show, and I think it's great, and I've got a perfect person with 12 talking <laughs> points. So clearly, but if ChatGPT could help me automate that, Tom, it would save, oh, about an hour a week, I think, in replies. I'm, I'm sure it could very easily. And, and you're absolutely right. I do use it as well because being Irish, being a redhead, I do have a bit of a temper. And so, in, t you know, I, I can take, Not take, Irish. An intemperate, take, take an intemperate email that I might be about to send and go, hang on a sec, maybe I should run this through ChatGPT first because it might offend the recipient. So, you know, if, so. if I'm dashing off an angry email, I just, I, yeah, let's let, let ChatGPT help me out here. Thank you. I'm going to help that. Thank you. For, I'm going to use it. Bob Picken has sent a quote from a song, a song titled by Olivia Rodrigo. I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with her. It's the Guts album of this year. Olivia Isabel Rodrigo, born in 2003. A baby. American singer, songwriter, actress known for her lead roles on the Disney TV show Bizarre Bark. 2016 to 2019, not on one of my channels in High School Musical, the musical, the series, 2019 to 2022. Uh, this is her second studio album called Guts, supported by the singles Vampire and Bad Idea, right? And that's the quote Bob has picked. It's a bad idea, right? I can't wait to hear how you relate that to the topic, Bob. Go ahead. Well, I want to hear my fellow panelists how impressed they are that I even know who Olivia Rodrigo is. <laughs> Never heard of her. <laughs> I, I have a tween who's a big fan. So, <laughs> What strikes me about this quote yeah. is it's not hard to think about AI and the everyday changes and moving forward in technology that we're going through without that question being there, you know, good idea, right? Because it's kind of like we take the step and then we ask, is this the right thing to do? You know, are we doing the right thing? Do we have the right controls in place? So, it's like we're for, we're forging as fast as we can towards the future, you know, and everything's flowing in that direction as quickly as it can. And here and there, you've got someone going, good idea, right? You know, <laughs> so that's kind of my thought on it is it's very applicable to this world that we're in right now because we tend to take the action first and then ask ourselves if it was a good idea. <laughs> How true. Well, the world is moving fast and I think we're all afraid. What's that FOMO? Fear of missing out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Josh like that. Good. I always look for a nod from at least one panelist and I said something smart. Thank you very much, Josh. Okay. Tom, I saw your hat nodding. I appreciate that. Thank you all for the quotes. You you outdid yourselves in picking really interesting quotes. Mary, I, I did put a prediction into the chat for you because I really like this one and I'll see if I could do that for the others, but I might just read them because we have a lot to cover in 22 minutes. So Mary says, Students, this prediction on how will ChatGPT and other LLMs, large language models, be used. She says students can have conversations using AI, ChatGPT, and other tools to interview famous people from the past and use those conversations to create presentations for school or even make fun videos or other content. Mary, 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 how interesting. This is the first I've heard of that. Go ahead. Tell us more. Sure. So... There's, I've been already reading some folks have been interviewing famous people, whether it's religious figures or political figures. As a former homeschooling mom, this would have been great because my kids were always having to create 
content and do fun things because I didn't want them to have a traditional educational experience. Um, but having that conversation where you can set it up and say, okay, I'd like to interview JFK or I'd like to interview Marilyn Monroe or I'd like to tell me about your life. Tell me about growing up. Tell me about, you know, how you would do X, Y, Z. And then from there, either using additional AI tools, the student can create a presentation um, they can have images created using things like Dolly. You can go find some video software that you can plug in that conversation and have characters created. Or you can let your imagination run wild and maybe you turn it into a play or a news a newscast or something like that to present in the classroom or to present to your peers. So I just thought it's a really cool way to use AI and it's a, it's a way to introduce students to using AI when perhaps teachers or professors at the university level are like, no, we don't want them using AI at all, but how cool could this be? Tom. And the question <laughs> is why not, why not? Anybody have a comment on yeah. that? Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I, I was just gonna question Mary there. I mean, one of the big drawbacks obviously of these LLMs is the their, their ability uh, to hallucinate. So obviously that's something that would want to be kept in mind when doing something like that. Sure, and I mean, I think Tom that it depends on what the assignment is. And so I know Bonnie was kind of laughing with me because I'm always using Doctor Who kind of examples as my quotes. But if you look at some of the more um, famous Doctor Who episodes in the New Who era, they went and they spent time with William Shakespeare. They mm. saw Vincent van Gogh. And so depending on the parameters, it might be more of a fictional visit versus right. a completely 100% accurate. Like, what's the likelihood that Van Gogh is going to pop back up in the 2020s and be in a museum to hear somebody say how he was like the best love artist? But what a cool way to introduce kids to an artist that they may not know about, or they just go, oh, he painted this boring picture that everybody looks at. It's got the stars. Um, or in my era, he cut off his ear, you know, the Starry Starry Night song by Don McLean. But yeah, I think it's all about setting up those parameters and the guidelines to say... Sure. Is this like a 100% realistic interview or use your imagination and use this as a basis for your project? Thank yeah. you, Mary. Was, didn't, wasn't there a movie, Midnight in Paris, where all of the the uh, glitterati in the literature world were in a, some kind of a salon and it was a question, was the, were the lead characters imagining it? They were drawn to this place. It was a speakeasy. I, I don't know if it was a Woody Allen movie. I'm trying to remember. I think it was, it was Midnight. Woody Allen, yeah. A couple of years ago, Midnight in Paris. It was fascinating because they, they had all of the famous writers talking to each other and, and showing what their life was and based on... on documentation probably, but there was still an imagination that they were all together in the same room. Mary, thank you. That was a great prediction. Let's go on. Josh Cavalier, I'm going to read. This is fun. Nobody's going to believe this one. I said to Josh, this is not a, a lecture or a college level teaching opportunity here because he sent such high level predictions. I said, what? Way above my pay grade. So here's what Josh told me in an in intimate conversation on email. He said, this is Josh speaking. I use ChatGPT to write comedy scripts for my animated robot on YouTube. I use the <laughs> scripts for my public speaking engagements. Audiences love it. I was in Vegas last week speaking at DevLearn, that's Education Tech Conference, and used my animated robot multiple times. And I predict AI will make us all more creative and lower the barrier for individuals to create music, animations, and video. Tell us a little bit about your comedy. Josh, three minutes, go. Yeah, so what used to take me days to create now takes me 30 minutes. And just to break the ice, and to have some fun, 
I've been able to go ahead and leverage this robot where at first I didn't quite know how it was going to show up. But once I started using ChatGPT and asked it, hey, can you go ahead and be a snarky robot and have a conversation with the audience and then throw me in there and let's have some fun and have some banter. It's absolutely amazing what ChatGPT can do from a creativity standpoint. And then once you throw that into that script into an audio generation engine, and then you throw it into an animation engine, you have this wonderful experience, the shared experience of this robot. And I've been able to leverage that up on YouTube. And it's just been a lot of fun. And, and I think it's approachable because once the audience understands that this was created by ChatGPT and it was fun and it was engaging, it really allows them to relate in that I want to go ahead and create that. How do I do that? And once they find out that it only takes like 30 minutes to create a really engaging 30-second or one-minute video, they immediately want to go ahead and try it. And so it's more than just me going in and, you know, showing off. It's really about <laughs> showing how it's approachable and you can do it today. Thank you very much. I'm remembering when I took Steve Rosenfeld's American Comedy Institute course way back in the day when you would go in and you would meet with a group of whoever. It was done in one of the famous comedy buildings in Manhattan. And you would go in and there'd be maybe eight or 10 or 12 of us. And they would say, think about the funniest relative in your family that you'd like to think of, you know, was it Aunt, uh, Aunt Jordana who liked to put plastic on the couch or was it uh, Uncle Bob, or not, I'm sorry, I can't use Bob, was it Uncle Sam who uh, toppled the lamp over in the middle of the night and that's how he lit a cigarette, I don't know. And they said, think of all of that. We had to come up with our own resources of people we knew and real realistic and we had to write a three minute comedy routine, Josh. And then we met with the class, recorded ourselves and went to the class laughter and then we met privately with Steve Rosenfeld to hone the experience. And then we picked one of the major comedy clubs in New York. I picked Caroline's and I was wow. one of 10 comics on stage at Caroline's with a professional comedian bookends, opening the show and closing the show. There were 10 of us, knees knocking, boots clacking, like, what the blank am I? We had to have our family and friends come and pay to be wow. in the audience. It was a live audience of about 150 people at the real Caroline's. And that's, and I got invited to do comedy all over New York after that. So we had to be the human behind the comedy. We learned the setup and punch. Anyway, Josh, you're bringing back memories. Now I just try to be funny <laughs> sitting down. I want to move on, but thank you so much. Sure. I, want to, I want to see your robot. You're, please put in the chat for all of us where we you got can it. see your, your YouTube. Yep. Fascinating. Alex, let's go to you. Alex says, oh, this is interesting. We're staying in, back into the world of work. Alex says, ChatGPT will write your resume every time you apply for a job. Alex, talk to me. Well, here's what I'm thinking. We all know that AI is used to analyze our resume or application to a job, right? There's a very intense like HR software and algorithms that decides whether you're a good fit. So what if we could flip the script on that? And the person using the AI could be the job applicant that could analyze every job opening that they're interested in and create the perfect resume to fit that job. So I'm not saying, you know, submit 100 applications is you know, a good idea. But if you did need to do that, you could have an original resume or um, CV to, to send to, that matches each job position very precisely. Thank you very much. I'm noticing when I get bios from um, people who are going to be on different radio shows that I produce, the bios are ending up now with a lot of superlative adjectives. <laughs> 
Everybody <laughs> is extraordinary. Everybody is phenomenal. Everybody was the top of their class. Everybody, and I'm starting, Alex, to be able to pick out the ones that were written. And I come back and I counter to them. I say, I'd like to know who the real person is. Take out all of these descriptors. That's not going to get you a spot on the show. And it's also not going to be what the audience wants to hear. They want to know, where'd you grow up? What's your education? Why did you become a horror writer? What are your muses and your inspirations? What are the titles of your top three books? And that kind of thing. Do you write during the day? Do you write at night? Do you write when you're listening to Tchaikovsky? What do you do? And I say to them, please go back. And some of them they thank me. They say, oh, you want to know who the real person is? I, and they've obviously used ChatGPT very well to craft a beautiful bio, but it has nothing to do with them. <laughs> you could just pick them, pick them out and they're all beginning to sound the same. Very, very interesting. Is anybody here using ChatGPT to write your bio? I did, and I was amused to see that it mixed me up with someone named Alexandra Whittingham. So I, I I don't know how, you know, so speaking of hallucinations, that's one thing you do have to watch out for. <laughs> so I'm like, very... I don't play guitar. That's not me. <laughs> Thank you very you much. Very, very, <laughs> yes, you do. And very well, by the way. <laughs> Dan, let's go to you, Dan. I have this interesting prediction from you. You say, sure. I like that. Sure. With tools like ChatGPT and Barb, Bard, most anyone can become the writer they never were but not everyone can become the next great screenplay writer. These tools will eventually help us find our lane and contribute to that thing which brings the greatest value to the shared process. Perhaps you want to be a screenwriter, but during your discovery, you uncover that your real passion and talent lies in acting as a location scout or a set designer. AI will help you develop skills and offer guidance as to where you can best apply these talents. Sounds like a guidance counselor or a, uh, a coach, a life coach. Dan, talk, two minutes, go. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, part of what I'm doing is acting as a coach to help people, right? So I think the thing is that we we help introduce people to these tools and show them how to use these things. But the reality is that we're not going to all be the greatest writers. I, I, my hope is that we're going to be the greatest creators or the greatest researchers. My hope is that the tools and overall our, our awareness will be that there's a place where we actually resonate and that we can do something that's purposeful. I'm hoping that the future will realize that maybe less work needs to be done and that we can spend more time and more important things like the environment or educating our kids. And then if we had the time to do these things, what would be our greatest use? What could we do? And so I believe that with these things, once we amplify our skills, what is it that we can fall into that's like our, our best use, essentially? Thank you very much. I was very intrigued with that prediction, Dan, because the idea that it would help guide you, I know it sounded cute and funny, but the idea that, no, you're really, your lane isn't writing this, it's scouting it. Where would you put this scene? Where would you have that haunted house? Where would you have these actors coming in and out of that door? and helping you. I, I didn't even think, Dan, just go one one sentence or two deeper into that. How would it say, what would ChatGPT say? It would say, you're a crappy writer when you need to be a location <laughs> scout. Come, come well, I, I just want to tell you a quick anecdote. So I'm in, a, I'm in an AI group and one of the members of the group is obviously very involved in film production. And he just created a, a series of prompts that he shared that were all about film production. And some were about writing, and some were about budgeting, and some were about releasing, and then how did you do the PR? And obviously this person has a lot of like, you know, knowledge about the industry, but I'm betting that his experience is, is maybe as a producer, as a line producer. He's able to see into all those different avenues. 
and he's able to use ChatGPT, but I imagine he's probably really happy doing one or two things. And so, you know, I think that we'll get to a place where we'll say, but we really actually want to be the costume designer. That's what I really want to be. Thank you very much. And I think, Alex, to your point about writing resumes, I think there'll come a point where ChatGPT will say, here's version one and version two of your resume. This one will make you sound like a human being. This one will make you sound like, oh, the coolest, the greatest, most wonderful, but you're going to sound like everybody else. So it would be nice because sometimes when I ask it to write a poem for, for my show and I say, could you make it a little shorter or could you make it a little more like a Robert Frost or something like that, it will come back and say, I'm giving you two choices. And it prints side by side. Mary, you know this, side by side side versions of the poem. I don't know how it does it. It splits the screen side by side and said, pick the one you like. This is beyond. This is seriously beyond that it would know. There, it'd say, Here's version one here. No, I can see them parallel on the screen. Amazing. Let me go to, let's see, Tom is waiting. That hat is saying, pick me, pick me. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Prediction number one, Tom. This is interesting. Educational accessibility. You say LLMs will democratize education. Students from all over the world, regard Bob likes this because he's in the education field. Students all over the world, regardless of socioeconomic status, will have access to high quality tutoring and educational resources, enabling more people to gain skills needed to participate in the global economy. Yes, thereby, thereby reducing inequalities. Tom, two minutes, go. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's self-explanatory, isn't it? You've just you've just read it out there, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, talk, I mean, Tom! Come on, talk. <laughs> Tell a joke. It, do a do a routine. It, I don't care. I'm not going to do a joke. No, <laughs> not in front of two trained comics. No, that's not going to happen. Josh, I'll help you. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. It's. I mean, it, it is just that, isn't it? I mean, access to ChatGPT. A, if you're not on the plus on the on the paid version, you still can get into 3.5 and you can get into Bard free, you can get into Bing Chat free, you know, and ChatGPT has an app for iOS and I assume for Android as well. Uh, and so anyone can access them and you can just throw in questions and out come the answers. And I mean, a, a bit as well on, on what Dan was saying, the, the, the very much the output is dependent on the input, on the prompt you give it. So uh, like Alex was saying about, you know, the resumes, if you want to get a crafted resume for a particular job, throw in the job offer, throw in the description from the ad for the job and say, this is the ad. Now, this is my resume. How could I improve my resume based on this particular job offering? So, you know, when you craft the prompts, accordingly, you get the better output. And similarly for, for education, you can say, uh, tell me, actually, here's, here's an anecdote. Uh, ChatGPT launched on November 30th. Uh, I'll, keep it, I'll keep it tight. November 30th last year. I was showing it on December 1st last year, the following day to my 16 year old son. And, you know, he didn't get it, what I was saying, because I was, I was telling him verbally. And I said, okay, what did you learn in school today in maths? And he told me some kind of numeric function I can't remember. And I pulled up ChatGPT and I typed in, explain this numeric function in the voice of Hagrid talking to Harry Potter. And boom, out came this explanation in the voice, the genuine voice of Hagrid talking to Harry Potter. It read hilariously and my kid's mind exploded. You know, so it's, it's, it's phenomenal what you can get out of it. And it is free and the depth of knowledge in it is incredible. And the more you ask uh, and the, the more you craft the questions, the, the better the responses you get out of it. So it absolutely democratizes education, I think. And it's fun. 
That's fun. <laughs> right? Education yep. can be fun. Just like here we are talking about technology. I think we're having fun. What a concept. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Bob Ficken is waiting patiently. Bob, I did pick two of your predictions, but I'll do number three first. These are short. You say by 2040. He's the only one who put a year into his predictions, kids. Just want you to know. By 2040, Bob Ficken says. Listen up. <laughs> ChatGPT will become the receptionist of the future as customers will enter a prompt using it to be directed accurately. Can you unpack that for me, Bob, please? Go ahead. I can try. I mean, it just makes sense, right? <laughs> you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way I, did you... the way I envision this is that you'll walk into wherever or you'll call wherever, you know, whatever it might be, whatever your interaction with the company might be. And the reality is, is that chat GPT or whatever they use will be a lot more efficient than any human receptionist could be. You might have a you know you might have a human who's only been a receptionist for two weeks who doesn't know everybody yet, but ChatGPT knows everybody in the company. They know their yeah. extension, they know their email address, they know where their office is located. You know, so I don't think this is a really that much of a stretch. Is that eventually there won't be hardly any live receptionist anymore, other than for you know show, I guess. Because ChatGPT chat will be a lot more efficient and won't cost anything and won't need breaks and won't need a smoke break and won't need coffee and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and dress, dress guidelines for the workplace and, and, a, <laughs> I mean, and, a, and a desk with a light and a place to put the pictures. Never mind. Uh, Bob, I do want you to do prediction number one. I think this is a great way to wrap up our conversation before we close. Bob says in his infinite wisdom by 2035, now here we are almost the end of 2023. This is 12 years away. Bob says ChatGPT will be on 100% of all mobile phones and computers and in 75% of homes in the U.S. Bob, seriously, what do you think? It will be just an app that we all use right there? What do you think? Jetsons, here we come. Yeah, I think what will happen, I mean, on the panel, who's got a version of ChatGPT on their phone? Yeah. So we all do. So this is not, I don't, again, I don't think this is that much of a stretch. It's kind later of Later today, stretch. later today, I will. You just all embarrass the heck out of me. <laughs> you know, the, the, I think that within short oh, time, it. probably within the next few years, probably, everyone will have at least one version of an LLM on their phone because yeah. it's the fastest and easiest way to get information. Right. The concern, of course, is the generative aspect. <laughs> you know, I mean, to just to... Um, toss out something to reinforce what Tom was talking about, education. Uh, most of you or some of you know already that I started using uh, ChatGPT in my classrooms. And the way I do it is I have I have an assignment that I, maybe it's ethics or leadership, whatever I'm teaching in that course. And I have the students, I create the prompt for the students. They use ChatGPT or BARD or whatever. They run the prompt through it that I create for them. They submit the AI paper. And then they create their own paper annotating the AI paper, what they agree with, what they disagree with. And so they get the learning not only from the subject that they were supposed to cover that week, but they also learn how to use AI and they become familiar with the LLMs. So I, I, I think that's definitely the future of education is individual learning plans. But anyway, back to the prediction. So you got 30 seconds, go. 30 seconds, no problem. So what will happen is within the next, by that timeline, ever, almost everyone, at least three quarters of the population will have a version of chat DPT in their homes, running their homes. 
Ooh. You know, it'll set it'll it'll set your temperature. It'll defrost the food. It'll give you the recipe for cooking the food. It'll send the cleaning robot out. You know, uh, it's <laughs> when I think about my grandson who's eight years old and the world he's going to live in when he gets older. It's just fantastic. It is. Will it will it hug me on a cold winter night when my teddy bear says, no, you used up your hugs for the month? Let's leave that one alone. Tom, we didn't get to you, but Tom, you're coming on my prediction special and you can save it for then, okay? We have just about 30 seconds left. I think you're all delicious and delightful and wonderful. And thank you all. Josh, I hope this was good for you. Alex, welcome back. Don't go away. Everybody, raise your finger now. We're going to do a quick exercise here. On the count of three, you're going to join me in saying, no, no, no. People say the future is already here. And our answer is one, two, three. No. Uh -oh. No, come on, Dan. You can do it. No, 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 no. Alex, talk. Alex, I want to hear no. Alex. No, 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 no. That's no. because that was yesterday's future. Oops, that was the future. A nanosecond ago, I finished the future and it's not here yet. We're going to make it a better one. Don't go away, everybody. Thank you to Andrew, my engineer. Thank you, LinkedIn. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you, Voice America. Are we out? Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.